This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about what happens when you post something on your website or on social media only to be met with catty remarks from your peers. So you put your content out there and you're really proud of what it is that you've created. You think it's really helpful. You think it's going to be really useful for your clients. And then people who are in your industry have a bit of a pop at you. It's a topic that's come up loads in my Facebook group and also in my membership community. And it's something I've wanted to address for a while. Now, if you have tuned in and you found this episode and you found it helpful and you've enjoyed it, I would love it if you could go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go and listen to your podcasts. And if you're not already in my free Facebook group, then do come and join. It's Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses. I'll link to it in the show notes with this episode so you can go and join directly from there or just go into the Facebook browser and go and search there and you will find my free Facebook group. So thank you again for tuning in and now I'm going to go through the main part of the show. So have you ever put something online and then found that your colleagues, other people in your industry, maybe people who you don't know, have commented and criticised? This is something I hear happen so much and it really can knock you, it can really knock your confidence when you put something online, you put yourself out there and other people decide that they don't agree with what you say and then share their negative opinions. So maybe you shared some advice for the customers or communities that you serve only to be absolutely ripped apart by a competitor. Now my feeling is that putting yourself out there and putting your content out there is a brave thing to do. We are all vulnerable and we all come from a place of trying to be helpful, but there is that fear that somebody will come along, look at what we've done and tear us down. Now, I've experienced this myself. So I've got a podcast coming up over the next few months with Malcolm Mabry, and he is a website and SEO expert. Now, he did my old website when I was working mostly as a freelance journalist and he kept saying to me, Rachel, you've got a blog, you've got to write, um, you know, write about how small businesses can get press coverage, you need to do things like guides on writing press releases, you need to talk about copywriting, you need to talk about the things that you want to be found for. And I would not do it. I would just say, no, I can't do it. I just feel like other people in my industry will take the mickey out of me or will criticise. And I just could not bring myself to do it for a long, long time. It actually took me four years of him telling me I should do this until I actually did it. Now, that's really bad but I'm just showing my experience because I have been in that situation too. And I want you to understand that I do relate. So as I say, when we're, when we're thinking, okay, I've got this information, I want to put it out there, but I'm worried about what people might say, it can be really hard. As I've said, um, I've heard a lot of people having this experience, particularly in my coaching community. Um, one of my clients, I'm going to talk about her later on, Ali Smith. She has got a puppy training online service called Rebarkable. And she basically has loads of resources on her website. She has a service where you can sign up and you can get a weekly email telling you what to expect from your new puppy that week. So at like 16 weeks, your puppy will be doing this. At 20 weeks, your puppy will be doing that. So Ali is creating lots of content around what puppy owners need to know, what they should expect, supporting puppy owners who might have got a new pup for the first time and really need advice. Ali's had a few episodes where other puppy trainers, other dog trainers have really laid into her and told her how unprofessional she is, how what she's saying is rubbish, and that is really upsetting. 
Now, I, as you can hear, probably in my voice, I'm quite passionate about looking after my clients and defending them. And I was just so, so, well, I was fuming when Ali told me that people have been attacking her online. And we've had loads of chats about it and we now have a stock answer. And it is, it's not for you. So if somebody is nitpicking at your content or they're having a go at what you've posted online and you're going from a place of trying to help people and they're saying oh what you're saying isn't very good or that's not true or you sound so unprofessional just turn around to them and say in your own polite way it's not for you so we have to remember that whatever content we're creating we're not doing it for our fellow dog trainers dog groomers in my case for other freelance journalists or other reporters I'm creating my content for people who want to understand how to get publicity for their small business. So it's for small business owners. It isn't for journalists. It's not for PRs. It's for people, hopefully, like you who are listening to this podcast because you want to better understand ways to promote your business. So if other journalists or other PRs might say, oh, that press release guide is completely rubbish. I wouldn't use that. My answer is it's not for you. So that's the fear. That's the theme of this podcast, really. It's all going to be about how to respond when people are mean to you. And I'm going to talk you through a couple of things. So we're going to talk about why people are mean, why people say these things, what the impact is on us. I've got some experts that I'm going to send you in the direction of so you can go and get some real help and, and proper explanations around this. So one of the experts I'm going to send you to is a psychotherapist. She's amazing. She's got some great resources. And then we're going to talk about how we overcome this and how we keep going and how we do the it's not for you and we just let it wash over us. We don't let the criticism go. We don't take it to heart and we just keep on doing what we do and how we want to help people. So the message here is when people are awful to you, it's not for you. Now, you might want to sugarcoat that. You might want to perhaps be a little bit more polite, but this is a key thing to remember. So when our fellow professionals have a pop at what we're doing, we need to stop and think it's not for you. Instead, we need to think about who the content is for and just simply move on. Now, I know this is easier said than done. And as I say in this episode, I'm going to share advice on how to deal with that kind of criticism. So you can also go and read this as a blog post as well if you want to. So if you listen to the podcast, you want to refer back to it, all of it is a blog post on my website as well. So let's start with who experiences criticism from their peers. Well, do you know what? It is pretty much everybody. So when we put our head above the parapet and we put ourselves out there, we become a target for snipes and sneers. Now that might be you putting a Facebook post out there. It might be you going on a TV program. It might be you being quoted in an magazine article or going in a newspaper people who aren't very nice will look at you and think you know she's out there he's out there why is it not me I'm going to go and have a pop at them so when this happens when we put our head when we're brave we put ourselves out there and people have a go at us it wakes up what my friend Rosie Gilderthorpe so she's the psychotherapist who I mentioned earlier what Rosie describes as our imposter syndrome imp now, I really love this, um, the way that she explains this, because imposter syndrome, we hear so much about it, don't we? But I think the way she talks about it, it's really helpful. So she sees imposter syndrome as an imp, like a little cheeky elf that comes along and pecks our head and tells us that the horrible criti the criticism or the nastiness that we are receiving is warranted. So that leads us to believe the criticism for us to think, who am I to say this? Or who do I think I am? Or I'm not an expert or I'm about to be found out. And of course, it isn't true. But I think you would struggle to meet a single person who doesn't have an imp and who can't relate. Now, for Rosie, it's like a little imp that sits on her shoulder. For me, um, imposter syndrome feels like somebody, someone's like 
Uh, it's yeah, pretty much like an imp, really. But somebody's trying to push me down. I've I've tried to put myself forward to move forward, and they're trying to push me back. They're trying to push me down. They're trying to make me feel small. That's what imposter syndrome feels like for me. Impo imposter syndrome might feel completely different for you. And if you want to talk about this, do come and share what you how imposter syndrome is for you. You can either find me on social media. I'm at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms, or come and see me in my, in my Facebook group and tell me about what imposter syndrome means for you. So that's imposter syndrome. I'm going to send you to Rosie's website. She's going to talk. She's got a much better way of explaining it. But that's what it's all about. Um, so I've experienced criticism that brought out imposter syndrome in me. All of my friends have, even people who are like, you know, high-flying lawyers and, you know, people who really seem to have their have their stuff all sorted out and as I say my clients who are pet professionals can relate so uh, whether you are a dog walker a pet sitter a dog trainer a behaviorist a groomer a photographer a canicross instructor a hydrotherapy pool owner a massage therapist a product maker a directory owner you will have experienced this I am sure and I've listed all of those because they're all people who I know who have had this thing so earlier on, I talked to you about Ali. So Ali is from Remarkable. And we talked about how she had people having a go at her for being, you know, criticising her content. She's working so hard. And as I said, I felt very protective over her when I saw this happening. So I asked Ali to share her experience. And she's very kindly written down her, her thoughts and feelings. And I'm going to read this out to you now. If you want to go and read it on my website, you can do as well. So this is what Ali says in her own words. So Ali says, my experience is often with my blog, which is aimed at new puppy parents, AKA the greenest members of the canine community. This means I have to take a very easy tone, make things digestible and simplify as much as possible. Other trainers have given me quite a lot of feedback about the lack of professionalism in my blog because I do take such a casual tone when explaining things. They tell me I, in quotes, don't present myself as an industry expert should, or that I'm just plain wrong because our methodologies don't agree. It used to get to me and I wondered about changing it up, even though I was seeing my ideal client approaching me more and more often until I realised that the content was not for the trainers. That while my peers and my colleagues, if only virtually, are great for ideas at times, they're not so well suited for feedback on my content. Then I began to realise, then I began to respond with things like, thanks for your input, because I find that most often I have more business sense than these people. That simple statement makes them feel heard and doesn't allow them to ways to re-engage and frustrate me further. So that's what Alex said. Again, she's got those words in there. It's not for the trainers. It's not for you. Um, and I think her way of dealing with this has been really mature, really sensible. And I'm so chuffed because it hasn't stopped her from going out there and putting her brilliant content online and into the world and helping, as she says, the puppy parents who really need their support. They're the greenest members of the canine community. They're trying to do right by their pup. Ali's trying to do right by helping them. So that's what it's all about. So next we're going to look at why people feel the need to lash out. There's a saying that goes, blowing out someone else's candles doesn't make yours burn any brighter. And one of my lovely clients, Anna Pollard, who runs the doghouse in Leicester, she posted it on one of our calls once when we were actually having this discussion about people being nasty and negative online. And it's so true. So the, the feeling behind that is that while people might feel that putting others down makes them look more knowledgeable, most people see through it and actually it just makes, it doesn't make them look more knowledgeable. It just makes them look a little bit mean. So don't, you know, you don't build a reputation, you don't build a business, you don't build 
that know, like and trust by going around having a pop at other people, going around sneering and sniping at other people. My feeling is that people do this, they feel the need to lash out for a number of reasons. So one is that they have too much time on their hands. Um, so, you know, they can hang around on Facebook and have a go at other people's content or, you know, they might go online and find things that they don't agree with and leave nasty comments on the thread. It happens all the time. We hear about trolls. This is not like your kind of typical troll. This is like a, you know, a troll that's one of your peers and you really should know better. Um, also, it can be that they don't create their own content. They consume other people's. Um, and actually, what they should be doing is not sniping and having a go at other people, but actually putting their own stuff out there. The reason why they might not do this is because they wish that they had the courage to put themselves out there and share their expert knowledge, but they haven't got to that point where they can do that and instead they feel the need to go and criticise other people's. And then sometimes they're just being mean, some people are just mean. So if somebody is laying into you or you do feel like getting a bit of a kicking online, then please bear that in mind. So next we're going to look at what the impact is. So what is it like when we feel you know, what do we feel when we're being attacked online or our expertise is being questioned? For me, I had, I actually had this happen to me a few months ago. Um, I retreated. I wanted to hide from the internet. I felt really, really bad. I thought other people would potentially attack me. I thought other people might not want to work with me. I thought my clients would leave um, and stop working with me. Um, and that's that's what the impact is, isn't it? If people are having a go at you, they're questioning you, you feel like you're being called out. I might sound like a bit of a wimp saying this, particularly when I've got a podcast that I put out every week and you might have the feeling that I am confident putting myself out online. Sometimes I'm not. And when my, um, you know, when I felt like I was being attacked and my expertise was being questioned, I wanted to retreat. I wanted to hide from the internet. And I actually did for a little bit. For a few weeks, I didn't really post online. I didn't send emails. I just kind of hid away. Luckily, it kind of coincided with me moving house, so I, did, I was able to give myself a bit of a break. But that's the impact when we feel like we're being attacked. So it's likely that you've experienced this and you've put you and your knowledge and your expertise out there with good intentions. Um, and then you've had this attack and you've, you've potentially retreated. You might have really lashed out and really stood up for yourself. And if you have, good for you, because you didn't start it and you've got every right to stand up for yourself. But let's say, like Ali, you've written a guide to welcoming a new puppy. Your drive is there to provide support to owners who might be feeling a little bit uncertain. But if, like Ali, other trainers have a go at you and question what you've said, it is really natural to want to hide away. Um, so, as I said, a few months ago, I did have an exchange with somebody who had, they took exception for me charging for power hours. So I do power hours where um, I help people write press releases and I give lots of other support around publicity. Um, and somebody took exception to me charging for that, even though I do actually have a podcast where you can just go and learn it for free. But this person was upset with me for charging for my time. Um, and at that time, I was promoting an offer um, that I had on Power Hours. But the experience did make me question about my pricing. I thought, you know, am I ripping people off? Should I be charging this? Is this wrong? And even though I offer so much for free from templates where I tell people how to write a press release, um, I explain how to write a press release on a podcast, I've got pitching guides, I've got free challenges, I've got loads of things that have led to hundreds of people getting free publicity, they haven't paid a penny, I still felt bad because this person was questioning me charging if people needed more personalised support. So as I said, I stopped sharing the offer, I ret re retreated from being active online and I went and hid away. Um, so as I say, the impact of being put down online or obviously face-to-face -face as well can be the following. 
So you feel like you've been found out and imposter syndrome, that horrible imp takes over. You question yourself and your knowledge and your experience. You feel anxious online, so you hide from the internet. But the really, really sad thing about this is, is that you don't reach the pet owners who might need your help. So the final point is really important. Let's say if we look at Ali's example with the puppy blog, she had loads of people tell her how useful her content had been. They found it and she's given them the answers and solutions they were searching for. So these people who've got their little puppies, they don't know what to do, all of these things are happening. It's really hard. I've got friends who've got new puppies, sent them to Ali's blogs because it's just like there's so many things that you have to learn, isn't there? And you're listening, you might be a puppy trainer, you might be a dog walker, you're an expert. Whereas, you know, you see them in your own clients, don't you? They they hang on your every word. They need your support. So Ali's going out there. She's putting this content out there. You're probably doing the same. You're giving them the answers and solutions they're looking for. But, you know, while the puppy parents are really happy with that, you've got professionals taking exception to what you're saying, and that's really hard. Now, if Ali had stopped sharing her content, if she'd not continued to be brave, what might have happened? What might have happened if they hadn't found, you know, Ali's positive reinforcement blog on how to train your puppy? What if they'd gone and found a trainer who wasn't force free? I know it sounds a bit dramatic, but it's like a sliding doors moment, isn't it? So when we are, when we're feeling bruised, when we've been knocked and we're, we're thinking, okay, we don't, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. This is really hard. Remember, you know, the people who you're helping um, and you've got to think of them. You've got to think it's not for you. It's not for you other pet professionals who want to, you know, criticise and have a go. So imposter syndrome doesn't just impact on us. It does impact on people who need our support too. And as I say, the imp is with us, as Rosie calls it, no matter what stage we're at. I'm going to share another example with you. This is from a lady who I followed. Now, she's not a pet professional. She is a former journalist and she's someone who I really look up to total fangirl. Um, I may have I've referred to her on the podcast before. She's written the most amazing book called The Million Dollar Blog and also Stand Out Online, um, both books of which have really helped me in my business. But I know Natasha from being a journalist, from being on social media, and I've looked up to her for many, many years. She's just an amazing, she's a, to say she's a powerhouse is a massive understatement. So Natasha used to be a journalist for the Daily Mail, then she set up her own news agency and then she moved away from journalism. She set up an online digital marketing agency and now she works with all kinds of businesses, some really, really big names in her as a digital marketing expert. She's just incredible. So go and look her up online. And if you're thinking about like standing out online, go and check out her books as well. They are just amazing. So Natasha is someone who, as I say, I've totally looked up to, really admire for many, many years. Um, she's got, you know, she's created so many huge successful businesses and she's just fantastic. Anyway, I'm going to link to this in the, in the show notes for this episode so you can go and see this post um, for real as well and go and check her out on LinkedIn. But I was on LinkedIn a couple of days ago recording this in June 2021 and I saw Natasha post this right and I stopped me in my tracks, I had to comment and I, I also said Natasha please can I use this um, as content. So Natasha said I've launched and scaled three plus businesses and every time I do I think I'm going to be found out. That my previous experience and skills mean nothing, imposter syndrome is real. And no one is immune, but what I've realised is almost all of us feel this way. And so feeling like an imposter for a moment doesn't mean you're an imposter in life. Agree? So that was her post. So feeling like an imposter for a moment doesn't mean that you're an imposter in life. That is such a good message, isn't it? 
So, yeah, even Natasha Courtney-Smith, who I totally, like, idolise, even she suffers from imposter syndrome. Um, so it's always good to remember that there will be people who you massively look up to who do the same as well. So next up is what can we do? Okay, so I know I've talked about how I've retreated online. I want you to learn from my mistakes. I did pick myself back up and I got kept going, but I did have those few, I did have, there was a time where I felt pretty blinking bruised. But my message is that you, that, that what we can do is we can keep going. Like Ali did, she's just, you know, she's a brilliant example there. It is hard and sometimes when you're feeling bruised, it is okay to take a bit of time out, but come back to it. Do get back on the, on the horse because let's remember it's not for them, it's for the people who need your help. So another little case study for you here um, is one of my clients, Kim O'Donnell. So Kim is lovely. She has um, a pet accessory business called Leo, Charlie and Me. And she has an anxious dog called Leo, Labrador, who was attacked twice by other dogs when he was a puppy. So <clears throat> Kim has tried all kinds of different things to help him. And she's been to doggy boot camp. She's done all kinds of different things. But one of the things she's doing at the moment is she's being supported by an brilliant local dog trainer, Claire Lawrence. So Claire is from High Peak Dogs. She's been on the podcast before um, and she's just just absolutely fantastic. And she's giving Kim face-to-face -face support and online as well. I see the videos and pictures on Facebook and I've chatted to Kim about it and I know how much it's helping Kim um, and just I know how amazing Claire is as well. So Claire supports owners of barking reactive dogs and she's got this, if you don't know already, um, go and check her out she's just brilliant she's got a really lovely warm way about her and Kim says that she hangs on her every word so whenever Kim's at a training session or she's chatting to her online every word that comes out of Claire's mouth is complete gold to Kim because Kim is a regular dog owner she's like me she doesn't know anything about dog training she doesn't know why Leo is feeling anxious and reactive and you know and that why life can be stressful for him so I know Claire, she's really humble. I know Claire will think she's just doing what she does when she's talking to Kim or she's writing her books or she's doing her classes or she's putting a podcast episode out or she's putting a social media episode post out. I know Claire will just think she's just doing what she does because she's, she's just like a really lovely, humble person like that. But I know from talking to Kim that every single word that Claire is sharing, she's just hanging on. It is complete gold. It is life-changing for Kim. And that's the case for all of Claire's other clients. So I know Claire is, Claire's like all of us. Claire's probably had wobbles. Claire's probably been attacked online. Claire might have wanted to hide from the internet. Claire might have wanted to have a break for a day, but people like Kim, knowing her why, knowing the people who she helps, that helps her to keep going. It helps her keep to keep putting her brilliant stuff out there. So it is hard, but I would say to try to be less self-conscious when we're posting. Um, think about people like Kim. Think about people like Ali's puppy owners. Um, if we put something out there and we worry and we think, oh God, you know, what's what, what might happen here? Always think, you know, what is the worst that can happen? Even if you do have a really horrible episode where people lay into you, you can take the post down. Um, so just bear that in mind. When I say post, that can be a blog post, it could be a podcast, it could be a social media post, just whatever you've put out into the public domain. I mean, I, I'm recording this and thinking, oh my gosh, what if people have a go at me for doing this podcast? So, but really, if that did happen, I really should walk the walk by leaving it up there, but I could, there's always the option to take it down. 
The other thing that you can do is you can stand up to people as well. So one of my clients, Angela Day, is she is just brilliant. Now, I love Angela. We've been working together for about six months. Um, she first joined, first started working with me on a blogging course and we, we're redoing at the moment, me and Rosie Robinson. Um, we do this course called Get Your Pet Business Found on Google. And Angela came and did the course with us. Um, so she's a canine massage therapist and she wanted to improve the content on her website. She just had a new website done. She wanted to get started with putting stuff out there. So she came along and I remember on one of the first calls, um, she was talking about, well, what if, um, you know, I feel like I'm dumbing down what I do. And what if other canine massage therapists criticise me or say that what I'm saying isn't professional? Basically exactly the same as what Ali was what, what Ali experienced so she was worried about her peers criticizing what she was saying and I me and Rosie were both saying Angela like you've got so much knowledge you've got so much to share so much to give um what you have to think about is your clients and what do they need to know you have to explain things really really simply and clearly for them how massage can help their pets and Angela was like yep okay here what you hear where you're coming from and that's what she went off and did. I had um, I had done a blog post at the time about canine massage because my old dog Daisy had it. Um, so I sent her that blog post and I said, have a look at that. It will feel like it's been really dumbed down because I remember the massage therapist who we'd actually seen and she'd sent over some, some content to me to kind of explain how everything worked. And obviously I had to put it in layman's terms. And I remember saying to her, this might sound a little bit dumbed down, but remember it's for like regular dog owners and I know that you've got all of this knowledge. And obviously I went and linked to her website, um, but we have to make it really simple. So we have to be thinking of the person on the street. So Angela's gone off, she's taken this on board, she's created some absolutely wicked content. She um, she does online massage courses and she has like she's now selling out of her courses because she's just got this great down-to-earth approach to content. When she's a few weeks ago she had um she was promoting the course and she just went up and did a video on her website where she talked about what it's like doing an online course. And again, she was just dead down to earth and it meant more people signed up. She actually sold out that 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 um run of the course. So that's Angela and that's how she's embracing the it's not for you method of dealing with people who are mean to you. Anyway, gone off on a bit of gone off on a bit of a tangent there. But Angela was telling me that she had a peer post a catty remark when she posted um posted on social media about some of her press coverage. So Angela had been in a local newspaper and she'd shared it online. Anyway, somebody had a go and said it didn't sound very professional. And Angela replied and said, do I detect some professional jealousy? And then the other therapist just left her alone. So that, you know, that put pay to that person having to go at Angela um, and it stopped her, you know, stopped her in her tracks. And basically she just said, you know, are you jealous? I've got this, she didn't obviously say the second bit. I'm just um, elaborating on it a bit, but you know, Angela's got this great press coverage. One of her peers is having a go. It probably is professional jealousy. So, as I say, that helped Angela make her annoying person go away. Now, Ali felt really bruised, but she's now got her staple responses. Thank you for your feedback. You could simply say, it's not for you. It's for puppy, new puppy owners, barking dog owners, anxious cat owners, or whatever applies to you. Um, and that is how you can get away. And um, that's how you can get people who are criticising you away. Stop them in the tracks. And... The other thing to think about as well is that the criticism and nasty stuff that we get online always feels like 10 times louder than the positive stuff, doesn't it? When we think about the positive comments and messages, you know, we I know if you're listening to this podcast and you're a pet professional, you will have loads of emails 
messages, WhatsApps, social media posts. I've got loads of positive stuff on about what you do because, you know, I probably know you. I probably see the stuff you have online. But when people are mean to us, it feels 10 times louder than the positive stuff that we get, don't we? So what can you do? So what can you do? How can you build up your resilience? How can you be like Ali and like Angela and just just brazen it out, basically? Well, one thing is, is to be careful who you look up to. Um, you know, are you looking up to people who are criticising you? If you are, then you need to be looking up to somebody else because that's not very nice. That's a little bit of a toxic relationship. Um, if you're looking up to people, you want them to share your values. Um, you want them to share, you know, have the same ethos and be like, you know, you want them to just get you and be like you. You want them to big you up when you need it. You want to feel that they've got your best interests at heart as well. Um, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but one of the best things I ever did was um, three years ago, I joined Jan Murray's um, Build Your Online Audience program. And before then, I'd never been part of a community. I'd never had any other than my, you know, kind of fellow journalists. I'd never really had a support network. We'd chat on the phone. Obviously, we'd have social media and all of those different things. But I never had like a community that I could be part of where people knew me and they understood what I did and we shared values and we would we had the same goals and we were working together to try to improve our businesses. So I joined this programme and I surrounded myself with people who were like me, who understood what I did, who understood the challenges that we have as small business owners and who were, you know, a kind community and who wanted to give support and also who, you know, who wanted to lift lift me up when I felt low and we'd all do the same that's the kind of community that I've tried to cultivate in my Facebook group um, and you know any negativity any nastiness people will be pulled up and people will be removed from there but I think it's really important particularly when we're on our own particularly when we're working online or small business owners that we are surrounding ourselves with people who who are there to big us up to lift us up when we're down and to big us up when we've done something brilliant um, so that's my advice to you. Be careful who you look up to and try to be in a positive place where you're going to be, you're going to feel good and you're going to feel supported. Um, my final favourite thing to do, and I've talked about this before, is to keep a win folder. I know it sounds really cheesy and sad, but honestly, I tell all my clients to do it and I would love for you to do the same. So I actually have a physical folder. I might take a picture of it and put it in this blog post. I've got a physical folder and in there I've got thank you cards. I've got printouts of emails, social media messages and comments from people who've taken the time to be lovely. Sometimes I've even had like a call with somebody and I've written down what the person said on the call. I had a call with Stephanie Zickman a few weeks ago. She said something really lovely. So I just scribbled it down and put it in the win folder. Um, and Whenever I'm having a really rubbish time, I will go and have a look in the wind folder and it will make me feel better. Um, so yeah, find people who are going to appreciate what you do. Um, you know, go and seek them out, go and find those wins, go and like, just go and bring them all together so you've got a place where you can refer to them. You might not want to have a folder with printouts like me because I'm really like, I'm in my 40s and that might seem really old fashioned. You might be really young and um, you might want to save them on in a folder in your phone or on your laptop. But Keep those love, you know, get those people who value you and get keep them close to you and try not to let the negative Nellies drown out the good stuff. So that's my final point, really. You know, find people who are going to value you, who are going to make you feel good. 
who are going to drown out the negative Nellies or the negative Neils or however you want to um, however you want to describe them. Um, I'm going to stop now, but I hope you found this podcast helpful. Felt like a little bit like therapy for me talking about some of the things I've talked about here. But I would love to know if you've got any coping strategies for when people have a go at you too. So do come and let me know. Come, come and tell me your suggestions. I'm going to do a post on this in my free Facebook group. So come and find me there, which is publicity tips for pet businesses. Um, and I'm also on social media platforms as Rachel Spencer UK on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the same. Um, so yeah, I hope you found this podcast helpful um, and I hope it helps you to drown out the bad stuff um, and listen to the good stuff. If you have found it helpful, I'd love it if you'd leave me a review or as I say, just let me know. Um, and yeah, and just stay positive. Don't let the don't let people get you down. And remember, if people are having a go at you, if your peers are having a go at you, just say your own version of it's not for you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.